0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Come out, come out wherever you
2: are. I Don't understand what's going on here. Don't panic.
3: Be careful, Parker. You'll crease some of my dress. Teeny, weeny, teeny, weeny, shriveled, little, short, right,
0: right. God. Really. Too sexy.
2: Uh, hide and seek. Hide and seek. <laughs> on Joy.
0: You are with the Sexperts here on Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9. We are back, 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 back again this week. Um, We last week, if you didn't tune into the show, which you can find at joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek. And definitely do it. And and definitely do that. Um, We took a bit of a a bit of a sidestep from what we normally do here at hide and seek, which is obviously talk about um, queer men's sex um, to talk about the black lives matter movement. Um, We won't be talking about this week. We are back to our regularly scheduled programming. However, we do want to acknowledge the ongoing um, protests and marches and, um, Incredible mobilization and activism that is going on. So we we do recommend you check out our last week's podcast um, after this week's episode. Listen all the way through to this one, and then jump back and have a bit of a listen. Yeah, to that as well. yeah,
3: mix it up a bit, get spicy you
0: indeed. Know. Um, but we are getting spicy again this week, mm. and we have a fabulous guest joining
3: us on the show. Yes, we're going to have Anthony joining us, who's a healthcare practitioner, uh, and he is going to be talking about, I guess, the. Joys, troubles, tribulations, and everything else about fisting, which is very exciting. We haven't done fisting for
0: quite some time on the show, um, we, we've so we, si- we've
3: tightened right
0: back up, t- um, t- t- right back up. We're, and we're ready to get cut loose again. Yeah, yeah,
3: it is time. We are prepared. We have all the supplies here. <laughs> it is time to um, just stretch out a little bit. <laughs> Just,
0: uh, yeah, and just get right down into it. I've got no more puns. That's it. I'm done. Um, So without further ado, we will be joined by the one and only Anthony, our healthcare professional, who is joining us to talk about fisting. You're with the person on Hide and Seek. We are now talking with health professional Anthony, and uh, welcome to the show, Anthony, for helping us um, unpack some some fisting-related endeavours today. How are you going?
1: I'm going really well. How's everybody else?
0: We're a- fantastic. Jack. We're doing pretty good. good pretty good. Um, Owen did have a coughing fit before we started recording today, but he has already been tested, so we are, we are all fine to go. Yes,
3: yeah, we're all fine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing some semi-social distancing, so yeah. we're good. We're good.
2: Just, just semi. Yeah. And I'm currently <laughs> pacifying George the dog. Yes, here. our
0: executive producer, yes. George, my grudel, is under the table wagging his, uh, wagging his table, tail, so he will, <laughs> <laughs> he will interject if he, if he needs to step in with his executive <laughs> production powers. Um, So, Anthony, thank you again for joining us to talk about fisting today. Can you tell us about the first time that you got into fisting?
1: Sure. Now, fisting is – the history of my fisting is it, it never was something that was on my radar. It was something I actually was a bit turned off with years and years and years ago. And I've only been fisting for probably 10 years, maybe even a bit less and um, the, the odd thing was, and I can't remember the very first time, was um, I was topping somebody and um, they were quite receptive and my hand and my arm sort of went in and they were used to that. And that was a very interesting experience because it didn't turn me off. And I thought, oh, well, I think I need to explore this. And that's probably the beginning of, of me getting into fisting.
0: So it sounds like they were very receptive. Indeed. Uh,
1: Well, you quite often find if if you chaps yourself haven't tried it or tried it on somebody, you might find people that can be fisted. You're surprised what you can get in there. Mm. And sometimes, how easy it can be to get in there.
0: It's like how they say, if you can, if you can hum, you can sing, or if you can whistle, you can sing. <laughs>
1: oh, yes, oh, no. perhaps, but you can't yodel. <laughs> Indeed,
0: true. You need a bit of training first.
2: I've been very surprised by just the size of some people. In terms of, he looks like a little fella, but he can actually mm. fit quite a bit in there.
1: Mm. Well, if you. Fisting aside, if you go just back a step to fucking and somebody who might have a, a huge dick and you might think, oh, I'll never get that in. And from my experience, if whoever's getting fucked really wants to get fucked by that dick, it will fit. It will happen. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. Life, life finds a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, exactly.
2: Anthony, do you consider yourself a, a fisting top or a bottom? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Good yep, answer. Yep, um, is- I won it all. So
0: your your first right. time was as a, a as a fisting top. Um, yep. t- tell us about your first time as a fisting bottom. Was that because you got into sort of becoming an experienced fisting top and thought, well, I better jump on the other side of the fence?
1: Well, the, from from partners that I've had when I have fisted guys. They've actually said that I'm quite good at it. How, how did I reference that? How do I have anything to put against that? I had no idea, except for people <laughs> saying, oh, that was good. You're good. You you know what you're doing. So um, seeing the pleasure of these bottoms were getting out of me, sticking my arm in them was like, okay, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? So um, that started me, you know, I, I liked to bottom as well as top, but um you know, from from my bottom perspective, I thought, okay, I can handle some rather large accoutrements. So I thought, all right, let's go a bit further. I mean, I used to not like dildos, and now it's like I have a collection. And they all, have, but so I saw this pleasure on on all these bottoms. And I'm thinking, what well, what am I missing out on? And so I tried. To, fisting. I tried to get fisted and, and look for quite a long time. It was like, eh, eh, that ain't going to fit there. and eh, eh, that ain't going to fit. And from from trying to be a bottom, there's a fear involved of, shit, how's that going to fit in there? And then once I get it in, oh my God, is it, am I going to get it out? And, you know, being um, in the health industry, putting things in the wrong way tends not to fit with the mindset. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. You know, From the health perspective, you can you can say, oh, I know what's going to happen. But at the other time, it's like, oh, that's also a hindrance for me. Like, that shouldn't go there. Anthony, the, from your
2: point before, do you think it's more a mind over matter?
1: Look, the mind has to come first, not the physical, because you can push anything you want in there and it'll hurt and it'll break. And if your mind's not quite ready for it, it's not going to be comfortable and you're not going to like it.
2: Yeah.
0: When
1: the mind sets there, the mind comes first, then the body will follow. And once you've done it once, you have a thing called muscle memory. But if you've got it in there once, you can get it in there again.
3: Now, you've you mentioned that um, I guess you found it quite pleasurable. Um, how does the sensation of actually, I guess, being fisted or fisting differ to, um, I guess, just fucking someone or um, anything else that, you know that we might do in the, wherever. In the boudoir. Not even just in the bedroom, <laughs> you know, in the bedroom, in the kitchen, in wherever.
1: Well, I, I, think, I think there's three different things. Um, you'll f- hear a lot of people talking about the power exchange. Um, now the power exchange of actually having your arm in someone or looking down and feeling somebody's arm in you and the trust that goes along with that. Not everybody uses that. Some people just play with anybody, but a lot of people... Know who's doing what to them or having done to them. So there's one thing is the power exchange. The other thing is the actual um, expansion and the width and the stretching. And some people get off in that and go into double fisting and huge things, and don't necessarily go deep. Then there's the other one of the deep sensation, where people can go deep, and you actually start getting feeling different um, feelings. It's explained, and I've heard it explained, that when people take a really big crap or a dump and the feeling of that coming out and the joy of it, like, oh, gee, that was good, it's not far from that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because you've got nerve endings there for a reason and you've got your your brain's wired to uh enjoy the pl- the pleasure of defecating because you know it's it's something your body needs to do so it goes yes here have some endorphins after you've you've done that because you've done a good thing for your body you've removed this this fecal matter so yeah there there are good nerve endings there that's why it's pleasurable to To take dick, I guess. Well, Um,
1: it's also, it's also an erogenous zone that has those feelings that are connected straight to other spots. Yeah.
0: Um, in terms of, so that's for, for someone taking a fist for someone that's Mm. the the fisty, um, Mm. you know, obviously your, your arm or your fingers and everything don't have those same kind of nerve endings. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a pleasure zone. Um, so for those that argue that obviously it doesn't have nerve endings, so what, what is the pleasure driver? I guess what what does the top get out of it? Is it just that that power exchange?
1: Well, there's partly the power exchange, but and I think you know a lot of tops might argue this point is you actually you actually get well I do, I get off on the giving of pleasure, and so it's not just my arm in somebody, but how they're reacting and how um, the enjoyment they're getting out of it, and then what I can do to actually enhance that enjoyment or uh, change it. Or, you know, see what other kind of games you can get up to 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 enhance that pleasure. And that power exchange is also the fact that you've got a big part of you inside somebody. And unless you're a surgeon, there's not a lot of people that can say that.
2: Well, that's very true. (laughs) Anthony, would you consider fisting a form of BDSM, perhaps?
1: That's arguable because... There's some people that want pain. There's some people who want to be treated like that. And, yes, then that would be BDSM or, or some sort of punishment or, you know, especially if somebody doesn't want it. But most visitors get pleasure out of it. So whether that's – well, a lot of BDSM people get pleasure out of BDSM as well. So it's sort of, to me, borderline because you could look at it as, yes, it is, and you can look at it as, no, it's not.
2: Because I guess there's power exchange there, so there are parallels to that.
1: There are, and there there is, you know, people talk about the endorphins and how they kick in, and when they actually start happening when you're fisting and the pain disappears, then the the other feelings take over.
2: Indeed, and I I guess it's all about the focus as well, because if you're focusing on those pains rather than the pleasure, that's all you're going to feel, aren't you?
1: Absolutely, and of course, you know it's it's like when you if you ever get fucked for the first time and it's so painful you don't like it, you, you steer away from it. And fisting's a bit like that as well, and and that also then comes to the top to know when to stop and when to go that little bit further.
0: Yeah, I'm um, talking about you know our our community, I guess one of the, the big events that people would probably be familiar with for getting involved in fisting would be um, Zone Red down at Club 80. But obviously with Club 80 being closed, um, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, um, because the building is being renovated, <laughs> um, what um, what kind of spaces are there out there at the moment or is everything just happen, happening
2: privately?
1: Well, a lo- I think a lot of things happen privately. And, of course, all the other venues um, can be built or have... Um, it can happen. You know, it's saunas, it can happen. It can happen out in under bushes. It's one of these things that can happen anywhere if people are prepared for it.
0: You are with the experts here on Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9. We are going to take a quick break and we will be back with more from Anthony, our health professional, helping us discuss fisting this week. Oh yeah. Fisting. <laughs> Bondage. Gorgeous. Hot uh-huh. play. Toys. Uh-huh. Slings. Lights. Oh,
2: yeah. Dreaming. <laughs> Big white, big fat, penis of penis. Hide and sexy on joy. This is Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9. Tim, Michael, and Owen with you this evening. And we are joined by Anthony, a health practitioner on the line. And we're discussing fisting tonight because Mm. it has been a while since we've discussed it here on Hide and Seek, and everyone's got their own different perspective on it. Um now, Anthony, in terms of toys, when you're preparing an ass, so it's nice and loose and ready to go in. Are you one of those people who like to do that with toys?
1: Actually, I am a toy uh, aficionado to lead up to that. What um, so,
2: what, what kind of
0: toys do you kind of what, – what are your mainstays for getting ready, I guess?
1: I guess you could look at dildo play as something completely separate. My preference is a smooth toy with a blunt end because I know my insides. The blunt end pushes things out of the way, whereas other people might like something long and skinny or textured but for myself i like to start with a smallish blunt smooth object yep and uh, once used to that it's like well let's go to the next level up which could be a bit deeper could be a bit wider but i I still like the smooth blunt so i have a that that's probably most of my toys have that in common yes so So is that like a a
2: dildo like a blunt dildo or it's a specific fisting toy that you use
1: no, it's 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 a dildo. It's a blunt-looking dildo. It it's. It it's like not phallic copy, shaped. It's not fist-shaped.
0: It's just a kind no, of round, it, blunt-ended.
1: It could be round and blunt headed yeah. It could be like a big trungeon, and some of them are, are just like a dick with a a, a dick head on it. But yep. You, sure. You get you get quite a few toys with bumps and lumps and bends and rough texture. I mean, that, that's another thing with dildos. Depending on what it's made out of. Uh, you can get some quite firm dildos, which some people can take really well. then you get some softer ones which you've really gotta push and mush to get in, and then you've got the in between ones, but they're quite flexible and can go round corners so it's really it's up to the i think it's up to the bottom what they prefer with toys. Sometimes it's trial and error to find out what you actually like and what works for you.
0: Yeah. And I I guess on that trial and error, if you're thinking about getting into fisting, do you have kind of recommendations on where you should go? Say you've got like a, you know, quote unquote, regular sized kind of penis dildo at home and you want to take the next step up. Where would you kind of go naturally from there?
1: Well, I I think that the best thing is to to go to our current shops, so that would be Eagle and Manhouse, and just look through their dildos, pick them up, feel them, feel the texture, look at the size. Don't go too big too fast. Mm. Go the next size up. And then once you're comfortable with that, you you can then go something bigger. I I know I have some big toys that I hardly use, but I come back to toys that I really find comfortable.
0: Yep. Highly recommend popping into both um, Eagle and Manhouse purely just to – Peruse and the um the staff at both will obviously be able to give you their, their top tips and tricks and, and and that sort of thing as well.
1: Just going back to the dildo, yeah. I mean I know both shops have a great range, but one of the things I like to go in is is to just look at the dildo and does it turn you on? Mm. And that can be a big, you know, I need to buy this dildo because it's turning me on, it's got something that's attracted me.
0: Just on cleaning your toys. Obviously, there's different toys made out of different kinds of things, but what's yep. kind of best practice in terms of um, cleaning your toys after a session?
1: Well, you look, I've heard of people um, sticking them in the dishwasher and never having a problem, but I stuck one in the dishwasher once and had to throw it out. Oh, uh, no! And,
0: it and didn't um, It didn't merge with your knives and forks or anything like that, did it?
1: <laughs> well, it merged with the racks. Oh, no! Oh, it's, it's no! Movies. But anyway... Um, so I'm not a big fan of the dishwasher, although it would give it a good clean. But I'm actually, for me, cleaning a dildo would be one, you know, washing it down uh, no. and getting rid of any matter on it. But then I like to use a antibacterial dishwashing soap. So you can give it a little bit of a soak and then a, and a wash. And then after, after that, I quite often give it a mild bleach or a, a disinfect, dry it well and leave it out for a little bit to dry. And um, then you're ready to go.
0: Yep. And what about storing them? Um, obviously, because if you've got like a silicon toy with a silicon toy, you put them next to each other and they, like your, <laughs> the rack in your dishwasher, they kind of merge yeah. together and they become one or they imprint that's, on each other. How do you keep, kind uh, of keep them uh, apart, I guess?
1: That's absolutely correct. I've lost a few of my favorite toys for the reason that they lent up against something else. There's certain, and, and I can't remember what's what, but there's certain toys that will actually melt other toys. And usually the soft mm. ones are the ones that will melt. Right. And the hard ones are the ones that will just eat through them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I do is I get old pillowcases or even plastic bags and I do a combination of the two and I wrap individually in, in toys individually so that they're not touching each other.
0: Yep, I, I think I said last um, last session, I like if you go to Ikea, you can get really thick, large plastic bags and they come in like different mm-hmm. sizes. Yep. Um, and they're just, you know, you get like supermarket plastic bags and they're like super thin, whereas these ones are really thick. So if something's a little bit pointy or a bit hard or gets knocked up against this, we're going to like rip open and any lube or anything that's still on it, is going to come out. Those are my favourite. I guess you need <laughs> yeah,
2: to be careful as well in terms of quality of toys. If you're going for something a little bit cheaper, you may find that the material's not so good and mm. could cause some irritation.
1: Correct. And you, you really you get what you pay for. Um, if you buy the higher-end toys, and, of course, again, the shops will guide you on this, what the material is, what lubes to use. Like Some of the silicone toys you don't want to use silicone lube with because... Then they're for, they, they quite, can be quite slick, but then when they dry out, they don't. They become sticky. Um, and then you've got some other lubes that might melt the toys a little bit. So you really have to ask the shops when you buy, what will the toys take? And and then if you're mixing your toys and depending on what lubes you're making but uh, or using, I should say, but nowadays quite a lot of the toys will use multiple lubes. On
3: that point a little bit um, about lubes and what works best with different toys, I guess we're all familiar with the classic Crisco for fisting, but w- what else is common to be used for fisting?
1: Okay, well, Crisco is common Um and I, you know, I think that's more of a traditional thing rather than this is the best. But mm-hmm. it's it's not that expensive. It's good. The next the next one that most people go to is the J Lube. Now, J Lube, I, I believe, is um you, is for veterinary science, and you mix it up <laughs> in in some water, and it becomes really slick uh, mm-hmm. and has all this sort of sliminess to it. And the the problem with J Lube is. Apart from it getting everywhere, which can be part of the fun, is it's hard to get off, and you've really got to use a bit of mm. um, salty water to actually clean your toys, clean yourself, clean your clothes, etc. You can create
2: um, a nice spider web.
1: Yes, you can. <laughs> You'd be surprised what gets caught in spider webs. Anyway. Yeah, it's a
0: it's a funny thing, J Lo, because you you add like you clean things up with water, you go to add water to it and just kind of get slippery, slippery. And you just make more and more of a problem for yourself. Um, so if J-loop yep. gets on like on your, your floors and stuff, um, if you're going to be adding salt into the mix, is there anything that's not salt that you can clean them up with? Cause like if I had expensive carpet, I might not want to put salt all over it.
1: Well, Good luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Replace the carpet. Good luck. No,
1: put, da- put put down a nice down, play sheet. Yep. Put down a play sheet before the carpet. Don't get it in your carpet. Think, you know, it, it's it's great stuff, but it's, you know. After the after the fact, it's a pain in the ass.
2: Yeah, it does seem to be better after it's dried, though. It seems to be easier to get off. To get off?
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't tend myself. I don't tend to give it time to get dry because I can't live with it. (laughs) Where it is? Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: Um, There's a great anecdote about um, Crisco. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but I got told this when I started working in the health sector in the in the queer community. Was that um, when there was a new CEO, a new president of the who owns Crisco, the company? I oh, was don't it, even, it was I don't a, even a woman the, and her yeah, husband. Woman yeah. and her husband, and um, that the the board got together and they were talking about their products and changing the line, um, and they were considering removing the the tubs and just going to like the sticks of Crisco because they were like it's cheaper to manufacture. We don't need all the the you know, all the cardboard and everything. It's just a bit of wax paper. And um, the, apparently the wife said, no, no, we have to keep the tubs because the boys like it. <laughs> 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 Which I don't know whether that's true. I hope it is because that is the ally that we gold. need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely well, gold.
1: Uh, look, you can buy the giant economy Crisco's. There's, there's also um, other spots you can get it cheaper. Mm. But the, the thing I do with Crisco is I decant it into something a bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And I add something to it. So I I add um, coconut oil to mine, Ah. which, which actually makes it a little bit slicker. And also cuts the smell. I was going to say, it makes it yeah. smell
0: it makes a little it bit smell nicer. Smell like
2: a nice cake. <laughs> yeah.
3: Small batch artisanal Crisco. It's where
0: it's at. It's where it's at, everyone. Yeah, you could start reselling it as a, you know, as your own, like yeah, artisanal product. That'd yeah. be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, you can get those the, like the, little things you put dressings in and stuff at the supermarket that are all like nice and nice and airtight and watertight. Those are great. Apparently, that's mm. So I've heard. And, and the, the thing is, when
1: you, when you're using your lube, and and people should lube, use their own lube. So if you go mm. to a party or something, mm-hmm. so if you decant it from a big one, if if it happens to get mucky or dirty or empty, you can clean that container, but your original c- container is clean.
2: Yep. Oh. I have a question in regards to J-lube specifically. How long can you keep that in a jar or a, a container for like once before it goes up. off? Yeah. Well,
1: there's. If I can go into a couple other products, there's another one called Fist Powder, which mm. is like J-Lube, but when it dries on your hand, it's dry, and when you wet your hand, it's l- luby again. Yeah. And uh, it washes off with soap and water. Now, when you make up some of that, the same as J-Lube, I wouldn't keep it more than a week. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Easy then week. it starts… Growing stuff, and then if you're going to use that, you're actually putting that into you, and that's just not very healthy.
2: Yeah, no, thanks. no You don't want a moldy (laughs) ass. Um, if you've got different (laughs) kinds
0: of lubes, we've talked about J-lube, which is you know, it's a powder and then it's water-based, and then we've got um, Uh oil-based stuff that's like Crisco. How do you navigate using things like gloves and condoms when you're um, when you're using different kinds of lubes?
1: Um, gloves and condoms, the the secret is. I guess is not to just have one. Either have a packet or have several. Because we know that Latex and Crisco aren't a great match, but they can they can work for a little bit. Mm. So um but when you feel it's deteriorating, whether it's a glove or whether it is a condom, remove it, clean up, put a fresh one on. Sure. So so you can still use all lubes with those. Yep. Do you prefer
2: gloves or not, Anthony?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just versatile all around, aren't you? I do like <laughs> this. Look, it, look, it's it's a it's a texture thing. I sure. actually like a nice smooth glove on somebody because when knuckles go in and uh, mm. and other things, some people have really rough hands, it takes that roughness away. Surprisingly enough you ask and feel the roughness. Yes. And, mm. and,
2: um, and
0: the nails.
1: And the nails. nails Which,
0: we'll get short- into nails. That, that can have its own, <laughs> its whole own segment, nails. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, so gloves, yes. And, you know, you can, you can be horny with gloves, different colors, different mm. textures. Um, it, you, there's lots of things you can do with gloves. Without gloves, well, some people like that connection of body to body. But if your hands are clean and you've got no cuts, you know, fist, fisting is – can be quite safe sex because you're not actually having any bodily fluids connecting with each other
3: just as we are talking about you know different materials interacting with each other a lot a lot of rubberists are into to fisting as well um, how, how can we make sure they're keeping their their beautiful gear nice and safe
0: mm. because rubber gear will well, get degraded by oils and that sort mm, of thing yeah mm.
1: well I guess you could say if it's time for a new suit. Go for it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the suit to play in if it's
0: if it's, you know, ripped under the arm and you're not sure how to fix yeah. it and Give you're it happy to let hurrah. it go. Give it a last hurrah. <laughs> several I've last hurrahs. Yes.
1: <laughs> I've had several pairs of rubber chaps and I don't have shiny rubber, my rubbers for play. And it's had Crisco sure. on it and I've had them deteriorate over the time. It's not an instant deterioration, but it it they do they're not shiny, they're going to deteriorate. So I, I think for the rubberists who want to be completely covered and go into someone is to wear a slightly thicker extra black rubber glove on top
2: sure that's great advice this is anthony on hide and seek joy 94.9 we're discussing fisting tonight and don't forget all our podcasts and podcast extras can be found at joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek we'll be back more with anthony up after the break
3: you're with the sex person
0: On hide and
1: seek. We also do this lovely thing, which is called orgasmic yoga, which is another way of saying mindful masturbation. So we did that, and that was a very popular morning class.
2: How does that work? Do you kind of go, um, (laughs) catch all the hide and seek episodes on podcast at joy.org.au
3: slash hide and seek? You are back on hide and seek with Michael, Tim, and Owen. And we are joined by Anthony, our healthcare professional, talking about fisting today. Oh, y'all wanted a fist? <laughs> yeah, <Yeehaw! laughs> um, Don't death drop onto that. I won't. No. Um, and oh, we... that just
2: gave me a great visual.
0: <laughs> <laughs> death dropping onto a fist. Uh huh. Like that. Um. That drag queen from. Uh, the states that death dropped from the
3: ceiling. Yeah, uh, Amand Tandy Dupree. Amand Tandy Dupree, With right. the greatest entrance of all time. Amazing. And but onto shouldn't... a fist. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere after midnight. Anyway,
0: we are of course talking with Anthony. We are not just talking about drag race entrances <laughs> or drag <laughs> entrances in general. Um, so Anthony is our healthcare professional joining us to talk about fisting tonight. Um, Anthony, I want to ask if um, I, I want to go through some some top tips and I guess some bottom tips. So if you or looking at getting into fisting, whether you're a top or a bottom, kind of covering a few things that you might need to start um, thinking about. Obviously, if you're a fisting top you're looking looking to fist someone, um, the nail care obviously is a big one. So what should what should tops be mindful of when it comes to their nails?
1: Well, nail care is uh, very important because once you get into the, the rectum and deeper, your nails can actually cause some damage and rip some skin on the inside. So nails um, can be quite dangerous, so you need to actually clip them and then file them uh, so they're smooth, um, because your bottom's not going to feel any rips happening, Yes. and neither neither does the top, so to avoid that is you go in nice and smooth.
2: I did have this experience as a fisting bottom where someone had cut the inside of my anus with their nails, Unfortunate. and it was... Almost impossible to continue. Yeah, because in my mind yep. I was going. It just wants to be out. Yeah, it doesn't want to be in there. And in that situation,
0: listen to your body, Timothy. Yes. <laughs> if it's yep. saying, "Don't put this in me or take this out of me," that's probably what you should be doing. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and a good probably a good tip for beginners um, is once you've clipped your nails, once you've filed your nails, is to actually run them over your tongue, and you'll feel if there's anything sharp.
2: Yeah,
0: that's a great,
1: great tip. Yeah,
0: if it, cuts your, if it cuts your tongue, you probably don't want that in your butthole. No. Or in someone else's butthole, I guess.
1: That's right. So you know you need to file it a little bit more or a lot more in some yeah, cases. Yeah, indeed. And and the other thing is it's always a good idea um, to have clean hands, but in this current COVID environment there's plenty of um, hand sanitizer with alcohol in it. Mm-hmm. Rub some of that on your hands because if anything stings, you know you've got a
0: cut. Yep, and it was oh. funny. The first couple of weeks of COVID, there was no hand sanitizer anywhere, and now you can get it at like McDonald's.
3: You can get it <laughs> at McDonald's, and I am puzzled.
0: <laughs> it's strange. There's like a sign as you go through the drive-through, and it's like, "PS, we sell hand sanitizer." It's like, okay, I'll get my egg and bacon McMuffin and my hand sanitizer. Just a <laughs> side your bread bar. Rolls as well. Yeah, you can buy bread rolls. It's super
2: weird. Anyway, those freshness um, serviette things are great for that. Like the, one, the moist towelettes. The moist towelettes, yes. But they don't
0: have antibacterial in them. They just, do. Well, they just soap.
2: No, they have alcohol in them. I don't think I they don't do. I don't want to alarm you,
3: Michael, but soap helps.
2: Well, soap does help, yes. Yes. Yeah. yes.
0: Mm. But, the, yeah, it's not It's not alcohol-based. No. I'm pretty sure it's just like mild soap. Anyway. I don't know. We're Something we were, we <laughs> <laughs> um, something we were talking about. Yeah, something we were talking about the other day um, uh, Anthony is if you're the if you're the top a little bit of a little bit goes a long way um, we, we like to say so if you're the top and you you move very slightly you adjust the way that your hand is inside someone the the sensation is amplified on the other side can you elaborate on that a little
1: I can but I, I think before we get into that depth I think that mm. the tops have to be in tune with your bottoms you have to look at your bottom you have to communicate um and actually say what you're doing because sometimes you know they can't see that far down and they they like to know what you're doing sometimes they don't but also um going in you can't just barge in there some some incredible bottoms are like bend over boom you're in but a lot of bottoms you've got to work to get in there so you can't just as a top walk up and just stick a hand in somebody you've got to work that whether it's the dildos whether it's you actually massage and work your way in once you're in then um you can't just go hell for leather punch-bucking like we see on some of the the pawns. Yes. Because little movements in there are not – having something hard in there and moving is not something a lot of people are used to. And sudden moves, sudden twists, sudden turns can actually um, pull, rip, tear, um, cause really odd sensations. Sometimes that can be great other times they could be just, oh, my God, get that thing out of me.
2: Yeah. And to your point before, Anthony, in terms of communication, you really do need that two-way communication, don't you?
1: Absolutely. The bottoms have to let the tops know what's good, what's not good, Um, do that again, oh, please don't go there, and tops need to be aware of that. So really, in a lot of ways, the bottom is actually steering the top as to where to go, how to do it, and the top is pushing that. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: The um so the, the the bottom has the steering wheel and the uh and the top has the I guess the accelerator, accelerator. Yeah. The, the rudder <laughs> <Absolutely>. the rudder <laughs> what did you call me <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, and of course obviously you, you mentioned this at the top of the show but if you've got your arm inside one inside someone there's an immense amount of power in that and there's an immense amount of um responsibility you have for having you you know being up to almost to the elbow in someone um so obviously the top the top has a, a position of power and needs to kind of take care of the bottom. So while it's two-way communication, there's an immense amount of responsibility on the top to ensure the bottom's overall safety and well-being. I guess.
1: Absolutely, because at the end of the day, the top's going to pull their hand out and there's not going to be much damage to that.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, that's one of the fears of the, of the beginners is, are they doing damage and what kind of damage and how long is this going to last, that sort of thing, if, if there is damage. So that, that's always a, a fear.
2: And some beginners don't realise that there may be a little bit of blood afterwards, especially if it's a first time.
1: There can be a little bit of blood before, during and after. Mm -hmm. And your blood can come from the stretching of the anus and it's cracking a little bit so you can get little cracks there and the blood can come from deeper inside as you're pushing things out of the way and you might be um, scraping a a few capillaries. So a little bit of pink is not uncommon. In fact, it's more often than not. And so, a little bit of pink, fresh blood is good. It's fine. Yep. You might need a little bit of a break and then get back to it. But it, with some people, it's like, nope, that's it. Let's stop for today. Today. Other times, it's no, no. We can go back and do a bit more. Yeah.
0: So, and so, yeah, how do you okay. recognise when it's when it's maybe too much blood, or like, is there a specific kind of colour or a specific consistency you should be looking for to go? Mm, that's that's maybe not looking so right, and maybe we should um, pop down to the ER.
1: Well, I think if you've got streaks of, of blood and little capillaries and, and it's qu- quite red, it's probably a time to say, let's give yep. this a rest for a bit. Yep. The the colour you don't want to see is dark red. Right. You, you don't want to see flowing blood. You don't want to see dark uh, red because you, you might have nicked, cut damaged something a little bit more. Um, one of the bigger veins, and then sure. that becomes a, a real problem, or, or perforated the bowel. That can become a real problem. So anything that's really, really painful, even after you've stopped, or anything that just doesn't stop bleeding, then that's when you have to seek some help, and quite quickly.
0: Yep. Um, moving on to bottoms. Um, obviously, douching is a is a is a major part of a bottoms preparation. We're getting into fisting, um, mm-hmm. and it's it can be a little bit more involved than just getting ready for you know. Penetrative penis in anus kind of sex. You know, you have to use different methods, and you have to go a little bit deeper. Um, so, how how intensive is it to to douche as a as a bottom?
1: I think that most bottoms find a routine that works for them. Uh, whether it's a partly diet, partly douching, and, and douching can be can, douching with some people can be quite a pleasurable experience and take hours for some people. But um, the deeper douching. You're going to get pockets of fluid and you can get partly into play and then something comes away and then you've got to go do it again. Um, but you, if you're going to go deeper with some with fisting, you do need to douche a bit deeper than just for fucking.
2: Do you have a particular nozzle type that you prefer with that type of douching, that deep clean that's required?
1: Well, you can... A lot of the douches that you buy come with this little metal nozzle, which doesn't really go very deep. It will do a bit of the job, but you want to get something a bit softer that can go around corners, a bit deeper. Um, You don't want the water too hot, too cold or too fast. So you find out what's comfortable. Um, And then you can get some that are actually more than 30 centimetres long. Just remember, a long one you can put in short, but a short one you can't put in long. That's ah, true. Ah, <laughs> definitely. Just on
0: the on the water, um someone I was talking to was saying, obviously cuz there aren't um uh, the same like heat and heat and cold receptors like far in, inside of you. So how mm-hmm. do you can you tell if the water is too hot? Yeah. yeah.
1: You you've got to you've got to run it first and keep an eye on it. So you, you you put it on other parts of your body, you know, where where they test baby's bottles on the inside of mm. your wrist or, you know, run it over your your genitals or, you know, if it's too hot, you'll know it's too hot. Yeah, um, if it's and too cold, you'll know it's too cold.
0: And obviously, if you don't, you don't always have access to you know, your own, you know, uh, setup. douche shows at home? If um, if you need to, can you get the job done with like a bulb kind of douche or with you know just the like the bottle that has like the teat almost
2: at the top? Um,
0: can well, can you get a, a decent job done with those?
2: Or a Mount Franklin you,
1: bottle? <laughs> yeah, Mount Franklin bottle. <laughs> you you can get. It depends how experienced you are, but in the most cases, I would say you your little portable ones are only little portable ones.
0: Yeah, for a, for for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you know, you, depending what you've been eating, if if you've actually got your diet prepared and you're pretty much empty, a small one will do just as good a job.
3: Yeah, and actually, that um, that's a great point. What would you recommend as like a, a good diet, or what would you encourage p- people who are looking to be fisting bottoms to just add in or take out? What, what what kind of diet recommendations would you would you offer up?
1: I think I think this comes to the individual again. I, I think if you know you're going to be fisting the next night or whatever, and you know who you're fisting with and how long you're going to go for, like if you're somebody that goes for twelve hours. You want to really know that nothing's coming down. You want an express car around. wash through through that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Park that bus in there. You want those, yes. those slappy
0: things that go around in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So so to to prepare, some people know certain food. We all we all know certain foods that make us go, make us stop, et cetera, et cetera. And some people even take go to the in the chemist and buy um products that actually clean them out and won't eat until they've had their play um i don't think that's a great idea because your energy levels can change and you've got Mm. to have sustenance etc yeah um i think it's a good idea to know your body so if you know that eight hours later if you eat a meal eight hours eight hours later it comes out if you know your body you can time it that you can eat certain times you Mm. can eat certain foods um high fiber diets can push everything out so you can you can, you might eat uh, a small light meal before you play knowing that it's not going to come out for eight hours and you might not have something heavy six, seven hours before you play. So you, yeah. you have to know your own body when it comes
0: to that. Yeah. However, on the contrary, if I have one more bottom tell me, it's fine, I don't need to do. I know my body. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that then goes horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I yeah, If I had a dollar for every time that happened, I'd be a millionaire.
2: And there's one other thing. You should prepare yourself for a little bit of mess. Yeah, totally. It's It's an asshole, right? It's an asshole. It
0: has has one strict bodily function and it's to excrete feces. Yes. (laughs) So be aware that it's going to happen occasionally and just stop and restart if you can. If you've got access to do a bit of a tidy up, just have a bit of a a a tidy up. Top can go out and have a cup of tea, have a smoke, have a do or whatever and and reconvene.
1: I think if you're going to freak out with a bit of shit, then you, you're not. You've got some going other to stuff to unpack. Yourself.
0: You've got some other That's stuff fine. to kind of work through. First. <laughs> uh, you are listening yeah. to Hide and Seek on Joy ninety four point nine. We are joined by Anthony, and we are of course unpacking everything fisting related this evening. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back.
2: I love you. Feel good radio. <gasps> Joy ninety four point nine. You're
0: with the sexpers on hide and seek. You are with the sexpers here on hide and seek on Joy ninety four point nine. We are joined by Anthony on the line, and we are talking everything fisting tonight. Um, but we have lost part of our part of our team. Uh, unfortunately, Tim he had he had an engagement to get to. Tim had to run off to go and get dinner. Um, so we're going to fire Tim. Dinner. And <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that in dinner air quotes. In, in air quotes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, you mean he's in the bathroom douching? Maybe yeah. he is like we were talking Maybe about fisting. Leave.
3: Maybe he was like, "This is <laughs> yeah. my chance. I'm I'm good
1: to go He's going to get ready.
3: He'll come in for the end." Um,
0: but we have lost him. So um, Owen and I will continue on with with Anthony for the rest of bravely, the show. Bravely, continue bravely, continue on. bravely, bravely, yes. with our executive producer George, my dog. Um, so <laughs> Anthony, I want to talk about some kind of uh, safety things when it comes to um, everything fisting related. Um, Obviously, guys might be imbibing in some substances if they're, if they're playing, be that um, drugs or alcohol, um, recreational or prescription. Um, what are kind of the, the do's and don'ts when we're, when we're playing with drugs and we're fisting?
1: Well, I, I think the thing is fisting is still looked at as an extreme in sex. And I think if you take yourself um, out with alcohol or drugs – you your inhibitions are lessened. You want more. You want it harder. You want it faster. And you can actually get probably a little bit more damage or more take more risks, which means you more things can happen. Yeah, I th- personally think the the biggest thing with look dr- drugs can possibly make things easier. We know ammo sure. relaxes you. We um, some of the other drugs people take make them more horny or more receptive. Yeah, but at the same time, because your body knows what it likes, what it's doing. If, if you come up against another situation that you want to be fisted and you don't have the drugs, your body's going to go, eh, eh, it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting hooked into them yep. the wrong way.
0: And what about uh, uh, mixing substances? So things that you maybe shouldn't put together if you're going to be either fisting or otherwise?
1: I, th- I think those decisions need to come before you start. Mm-hmm. Because if you are a person who likes to use different substances and you have more than one substance on the premises once you're off your head on one you're going to go oh what the fuck click yeah. onto that one and that's when you start getting issues but if, if you prepare beforehand and you make the decision to say I'm going to use that you, that's the only thing you have there then you're not going to mix anything yeah mm.
3: um, and and we've kind of we've kind of touched on this a little bit before but I mean as you said this is still quite a, or seen as quite an extreme piece in the sexual practices, what would you recommend if something kind of did go a little wrong? Like, are we heading to the ER? What, what's our, what's the go-to plan?
1: I think the the go-to plan is to have the plan first. Mm-hmm. And to say, yep. if something goes wrong, then what you're going to do, whether you're going to... um whether you're going to ring an ambulance, whether you, if, if you have been using drugs, you're not going to jump in the car. Uh, and the thing is not to be embarrassed because, you know, one of the decisions I made when I said I, I wanted to get into fisting is not to be embarrassed about it. And I'm not, that's why I'm talking about here. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not ashamed of it. So if mm. you have to go to hospital, you need to tell them exactly what you're doing. And I yep. do have a story that I was playing as a top with somebody And, surprise, there was a couple of dildos inside. And, anyway, we got rid of those and we are playing. And later on in the evening, it was something went pop. And we thought, oh, what's that? And uh, then there was some pain. There was a little bit of blood. And, basically, after a little while, I said, well, here's your choice. I'm taking you to the hospital or I'm calling an ambulance. Mm -hmm. And, sure enough, there was a perforated bowel.
3: Oof.
0: Oof. Just got the shivers. Um, (laughs) If we're – Obviously, just you know, something awful like that, like rupturing part of your body, is is obviously a safety concern. Um, but obviously, if we, and we've mentioned throughout the show, potentially there's going to be blood present. And that might just be that little light pink that we talked about, or it might be something more serious. Um, but if blood is present, obviously we need to be um, thinking about um, HIV, STIs, other bloodborne viruses. Um, and so, I guess I, I guess that's where gloves come in as kind of the best best
1: practice. I guess. Absolutely, and you can always take a glove off and change it. and You can always, you know, tidy up. Washing hands is always a biggie as well, but the gloves are the safest uh, when it comes to if you're having any pink, and then that's usually what we refer to. You know, oh, you've got a bit of pink, and some people will just stop. That's the end. We don't want any more. Other people go, let's have a break. And again, if if you're under the influence of something, you might go, yeah, let's get get going. It depends on the top and the bottom. It depends on communication.
0: Yeah, mm. and if gloves aren't being used, um, obviously that's going to increase your risk of HIV, bloodborne viruses, other STIs. Um, what What other tools do we have in the toolkit to keep ourselves and our partners safe?
1: Oh, well, there's plenty of tools in the the toolkit. The biggest tool is per people's brains, is to to go in a, in a thoughtful manner. So, number one, if you're on prep. Prep is great for um, blocking the HIV virus, but it's not going to block any any of your other STIs. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are um, ne- um, not negative, they're um, HIV positive. Um, HIV positive, but undetectable. Sure. You know, that's that's um, not a, a bad thing to be. That that's actually great because you can't pass on the HIV ba- virus. Mm. So it's the other STIs that become the issue. Uh, you know, or the chlamydia, the, the um, anal warts, um, lots of any of the other ones you can think of can happen. And gloves actually are a good thing to help uh, stop the spread of that. Um, as I said, the communication, um, I, I know I went to fist somebody once and I could feel all these um, warts. And so that was through the glove even, and I actually had to discuss with uh, the bottom partner, did he know what he had there, blah, 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 and he was not aware of it.
0: Yeah, and um, obviously, you know, PrEP is great for preventing HIV. Um, U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable, means that a person living with HIV with a suppressed viral load can't transmit the virus. Um, what about other things like we talked about, you know, um, other STIs. What about hep C? Obviously, that's a big um, factor in... in um, injecting drug communities and infesting communities, that's something to be considerate of?
1: It is something to consider, and a lot of people who test regularly yep. know their HIV status, know all their other statuses, and also know their Hep C status. Mm. And I think most people, or I'd hope that most people who are uh, positive for Hep C are aware of that, and also would not involve their partners. They would disclose that. And whether that stops play or whether it says, right, well, I'm putting on my uh, arm length gloves. Again, that comes down to communication.
0: Uh, Now, Anthony, I want to ask about kind of the fisting community here in Melbourne. Obviously we've lost um, zone red as an event, which was obviously um, a fisting party, but it was also very social. Um, What's your opinion been of um, how well connected the fisting community is here in Melbourne? Have you found it supportive? Did you find any kind of mentorship through the community?
1: Personally? No, I'm, I can be a little bit shy, surprisingly enough. <laughs> um, and but from an outside perspective of watching the fisting community for quite a number of years before I got into fisting, was there's um, a lot of camaraderie. People know each other, um, and there's a, a, a link to say what's good, what's bad. Have you tried this here? You know, so there's a, there's a lot of communication amongst fisters that get to know each other. Which is is good. So you've got a sub community within the
0: community. Is there a um, DOM community within the sub community?
1: <laughs> f- Sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't
0: let that one just sit there. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: okay. Now, so you've you mentioned you're not the the most active community member socially. Um, do you find the apps quite useful then for finding new partners and and connecting with people? Um, and and how do you go about? I guess making sure that what what you're seeking is what they're seeking and everything kind of aligns together.
1: I, I think it, again, comes down to the communication and you look at pictures and you talk to people and they, whether they're um, top, bottom, versatile or whatever, you, you end up chatting to people and you sort of get this argy-bargy of are you what I'm looking for? Are you Is it what you want to do, what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Because if, if somebody wants to take a double fist and be really wide – they're not going to look go really with somebody who likes to punch, fuck, and go really deep. So you're going to ask these questions before you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Usually, yeah. Quite often, you you'll meet other people through other people. So you'll go, oh, do you know this chap? He likes what you like, and you you, you sort of get referred on um, with some people as well.
0: You get a good Yelp review. You <laughs> <And the laughs> Get edit. a good, you know, five stars. Five stars. Four stars. <laughs> you know,
3: Three hats, whatever
1: Three, you
0: want. <laughs> Three hats. <laughs> uh, well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us here on Hide and Seek tonight to talk about fisting. Um, if you've been enjoying what uh, Anthony has to say and you would like more from Anthony, um, we will have a very special event coming up uh, tomorrow evening. So if you head to downanddirty.org, you can head to the events page and there will be a Down and Dirty Live event that will be happening on um uh, tomorrow thursday from seven p m um in large part thanks to the Laird for providing us a space to get in and set up thanks a sling and have a, bit of, and have a bit of a chat with Anthony. Um, so you can tune into that. Um, we'll have a link in our podcast page details for all of that. Just head to joy.org.au forward slash hide and seek to grab this and all of the other podcast episodes. Um, and as well, we'll probably have the video that we filmed with Anthony up online. So if you've missed this, you've caught the podcast a couple of weeks late, you can still um, connect with Anthony and find that, um, that very informative video that will be up as as well. Thank you, Anthony, for joining us here on Hide and Seek on Joy 94.9.
1: Thank you. You're welcome.
3: We will see you next week,
0: Owen. Yes, maybe I, maybe Tim will be back and he will join
3: us. Who look, knows? Look, I reckon if we're talking about rating systems when we finished up, I'm going to give this episode two fists up, <laughs> not thumbs. No
0: thumbs. No down. Yeah. no thumbs down. You know. Yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us here on Hide and Seek. We will let you get back to enjoying your evening, and we will catch everyone next time. Do
1: you want more? Yes. 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 Oh! Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. 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 Oh.
2: Catch all the Hide and Seek episodes on podcast at joy.org.au slash hideandseek. Thanks for listening to
0: another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.